everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul, and I am your host. And today, all the way from the wintry, wild wonderland of Buffalo, New York. Is it actually snowing yet, Mike? It did snow today, yeah. Yeah, it's starting. <laughs> winter's, winter's here, yeah. So my guest today is Mike Jacobs, who is in the band called On the Cinder. Uh, we'll talk about what they're up to. Uh, they just released a record, which is really good. And um, they have a tour coming up. So we're going to talk about that stuff. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the stuff we normally talk about on here, which is trying to have a career or all that other stuff and uh, figuring out ways to measure success in the music industry in 2021. But let's, Mike, if you don't mind, let's start with Buffalo. So why would you grow up in upstate New York and then not leave? I guess that's the first question. <laughs> Um, so I'm actually from Rochester, New York, which is an hour away from Buffalo. Okay. Um, and the band got together when we were all at the university of Buffalo, we we're all roommates and, uh, my family's in Rochester. My band's from Buffalo. It's like, you know, it's home really. Um, people do say that they try to get away. Usually guys will chase a girl somewhere like okay. downstate, right. like go city or you know the carolinas or something but they always end up back here it's kind of just sucks you back did you ever think about moving somewhere else or did you ever try to try to go somewhere else um i lived in the city as in new york okay. for one year and it was pretty rough because we had the band going i would take like the megabus and greyhound back like oh, man month for shows for practicing for recording um i chased my wife there uh who got a job right out of school she was in new york for two years on her own then i went for the third year uh proposed and dragged her home so uh <laughs> did one year in new york had a lot of weird jobs did a lot of touring and it was a very hectic year but it was it was a good experience yeah, right. i like it's just hard to live there. Cool. Uh, so University of Buffalo, were you there when Khalil Mack was there? Wow. Yeah. Um, he, he was, I think like a two years behind me. So yeah, there for sure. Uh, he's probably the best thing to come out of University of Buffalo <laughs> ever. I think. Well, yeah, what, what about you? <laughs> Oh, my grades were really shitty. And uh, uh, Jason, our guitar player, got a master's degree from UB. So he's probably he's probably up there in like, you know, the celebrity of <laughs> the city of Buffalo. But um, yeah, we were so preoccupied with being a band and touring that like, you know, Class was fun. You know, it was nice to learn things, but we were like every weekend going to house parties and like house shows at like the Southern campus. Uh, the thing to do at UB is like junior year, you get out of the dorms, you get your own like apartment, you throw your parties and then senior year, you get a kind of a reputation and then you throw shows in your basement. Okay, cool. So did you get on the cinder together when you guys were all at the University of Buffalo or so what's the history yeah. of the band early days? Yeah, so um 
all three of us were in ska bands before uh, before OTC, and that's why we're a three piece now. Um, because it's impossible to be in a band with a hundred people. Yeah, yeah, and we. <laughs> I think everyone should be in a ska band at some point in their life because you really learn how to be a musician uh, with just like, you know, most, most ska bands start with like, I have a horn or I played saxophone in high school right. or I need people to play with and people that play ska are usually pretty open-minded. So they'll play with anybody. Um, and you, you just learn how to just coordinate. You learn how to just work as a band in a ska band. And, uh, also if you want to tour, you have to get really creative, which has really helped me as our operation got so small. And we just took our lumps in ska bands, trying to tour, trying to (laughs) be all in one place. It's, it's hard, but, uh, that's why OTC came together. We lived together. (laughs) Like we're all at the same school. We all had the same interests. We all had a very similar background. We we're just ready to go. And so, so what year was that when you guys first got together? Um, I started writing songs with Jason in 2012. Okay. And then Tyler, who was my drummer in my ska band previous, was like, I'm ready to do anything. And he was sort of in a couple other projects. And I was like, Maybe Jay was like, let's just get Ty here. I haven't played some drums. We we thought it'd be like an acoustic project. We were really into like Frank Turner at that okay. time. Yeah. I love it, but we were ready to just do something really stripped down. And then Ty's like, I like this. Let's let's be a band. So cool. Uh, yeah. Was, was there any point when you guys were like living together and rehearsing and playing shows? Was there any point where you're like these other two guys suck and I need to get away from them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, we, we were like inseparable. Um, like my, like we, we kept that house after college. We stayed there two years beyond it. And, uh, no, we, our, our touring vehicles started as a Subaru, like hatchback. We would just cram everything in there. (laughs) Then we got a shitty van and a less shitty van. And then we got a shitty school bus. And then we were like, okay, let's get a real van. So we have a pretty decent van now. Um, no, we, we were drinking buddies. We were playing video games every day. It was like my, my wife was off to the city. So it's like, these are my guys. We just hang out all the time. Right on. That's cool. That's a, that's a good thing to have. I, I, as we sometimes talk about on this show, that relationship stuff is really important. And for people that don't play in bands, I think it's one of the things that gets overlooked because you think, well, the music is everything and you're just a team. But if you don't have those relationships, then it's really hard to keep it together. Like really, really hard, if not impossible. Yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned something earlier about like <laughs> shitty musicians and like, Uh, I think what matters for a band is like, as long as you're willing to always be like working to be a better musician and you like who you're playing music with, that's right. It's better to have that as your lineup rather than guys that or anybody that like is at odds or hate each other. Right. You know, right. Just 
do it to be in a band. And so you, so you guys were, were working, right? And, and we'll talk about some of that stuff here in a second, but, but I, having known you for the, the half year that, that I have known you, I know that you guys are working and you're, and you're, you're trying hard. When you brought your wife back from the city, was it just like, okay, dude, you guys have, have your place now. I'm going to go start a family with my wife, but we'll keep the band together. What was that conversation like? Um, well, they were excited because I was moving home. Right. Yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, like they, they weren't the ones riding the mega bus overnight. <laughs> uh, they weren't really suffering, but I, uh, you know, I got to be around a lot more. Um, my, my wife I've been with since we were 17. She knows like how important music is, how much songwriting matters to me. And we have a really good understanding about like how big a part of my life this is. So, um, she also loves to travel. She loves to go to, um, just Europe. Um, so well all over really. And she was trying to do 30 countries before she was 30. Wow. Uh, but the pandemic cut her short. She yeah. was, she was at 26. And then everything shut down, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. Uh, speaking about touring here a little bit, um, when you guys are ready to go out and, and do a tour like the one you have coming up, who's doing the contacting, who's acting as tour manager, who's calling all the clubs or sending emails and all that shit. Um, I do a lot of it, but pretty much everything we do is a democracy, which is why sometimes our operations a little slow because it's like <laughs> everyone's word on everything, but there's only three of us. So it, it doesn't take too long. Uh, I do a lot of the booking, but um, again, it's by committee. It's like if Jay, Jay, Jason, if he, um, if he has a good connection with a band from, Dallas or something. Right. I might be like, Jay, why don't you like talk to them about doing a show or Tyler like go, goes to a ton of shows in Buffalo. So I'll be like, Ty, do we know any bands from Pittsburgh? He's like, yeah, I know the Richard move actually. We'll hit them up and see what's going on. Uh, so it's, it's a team all like through and through. Cool. And you're going out. How So let's talk a little bit about this run you have coming up. Uh, how long is it and who booked the shows and are you going to have tour management? Or are you guys driving yourselves around? Who, who are you deciding who's going to drive that night? So everybody else can drink important questions <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, throughout this year, we've been doing kind of smaller runs kind of like conservatively starting to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, we, we had put out a record in 2019 in September. We got one national tour in on it. And then the pandemic, pandemic happened. happened. Yeah. Bam. Like that album's like basically dead. So we've, we've got some of those records still. Um, but with this run we're doing, um, we're just doing new England, uh, doing a show in Vermont, two in Massachusetts, one in Connecticut, and then one, in Saratoga Springs, which is just north of Albany. So that'll be like on our way home. Right. Uh, then Thanksgiving is next week. And then we're doing our like official release shows in our hometowns. Um, 
Rochester were playing the bug jar on Black Friday, the 26th. And then uh, we're setting up a show at Hotel Dalmatia in Buffalo. Uh, that'll be, you know, that'll be the 27th. So just banging them out, really. Yeah, and yeah, that's cool. And yeah, just trying to push what, all those what, finals. When you're looking for sh- for shows, does it matter the venue? So will you basically play anywhere that that someone will have you? Or as you get older, do you start to have different standards where you're like, you know what, I don't want to play that <laughs> shithole anymore. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you describe it that way because I'm almost like inverse. Like I I used to be like, oh, we have to play this venue because that's where like the punk bands play okay. when on tour um over the years i've found that like what really matters for a show is that there are people there and that the, the bill makes sense and you're working with people that you respect and that communicate well so if if it's the nicest dude that has a thousand friends and wants to put us in a basement where there's like dripping water and like a toilet in the corner. <laughs> if those thousand people are there, I don't get it. Like, let's go be loud. Um, it's like, you know, so much of what keeps our gears running is like, you know, selling t-shirts, selling vinyl. Right. And, you know, we, we like it when, you know, everyone streams our music, but like, we get like point oh 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 six cents, yeah, and we, yeah. So the streaming stuff is just—it's just, just got to be available so people can hear it. So like, we care more about people hearing it than you know making right. money at all. But right, um, t-shirts and records fill the gas tank. Definitely, that that merch is an important part of it. Um, trying to get money with whoever is promoting the show. Afterwards, sometimes it's hard, you know, working with people that you can trust and respect is, is an important thing for sure. Um, how are you guys working that now? If you get burned a couple of times, are you like, okay, we're not, we're not doing that guy anymore? Or how, how do you deal with those sorts of things? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's always fun when we get the committee and like we table things. It's like, well, we want to go do Florida, for example. Um, and it's like, oh, we played uh, Orlando last time. And it was a fun show, but the venue was weird. Or like the promoter was strange and like he didn't do a good job getting a, you know, a local bill together or he didn't help like put our flyer up that we mailed to him or right. things like that. Right. Um, and everyone will have their own opinion. So it's it comes down to... Uh, <laughs> pros and cons and um, necessity. <laughs> That's a very mature way to approach a punk rock tour. Let's create a pros and cons list and let's uh, let's debate which of these uh, dive bars we're going to play. I It's so mature. I'm impressed, Mike. <laughs> yeah, like the pros and cons are like, well, he had a couch that we could sleep on. That That's a plus. Um, but his dog peed on me while I was on that couch. So con, uh, we just care more about just having tours that, you know, we don't end up in the red or 
in the ditch. Right. So. Right. Right. So then <laughs> I, I, what about um, winter touring? I mean, it's hard to have, if you want to play shows up where you are, you're going to deal with lousy weather. Right. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes I'm like, yeah, OK, I'm not playing a show now until April because I just don't want to deal with that. But for, for you guys, I'm not sure that can is that something that you can do or have done in the past just to avoid bad weather? Um, hmm. usually we're we're pretty cyclical actually. Like okay. in the winter, uh, we we do our holidays. It's like you know we have to live our lives. Do Thanksgiving, right. do uh, do Christmas. Usually we do like a holiday fundraiser, uh, and we should have something developing soon but we're trying to get these release shows done but otherwise the last three years maybe four even we did a national tour but it just straight like cut down to florida texas california and then we really wouldn't have to deal with bad weather until getting back through like the midwest Mm -hmm. um but you know a lot of a lot of cities people don't give a shit it's like buffalo Chicago, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, we do pretty well in, um, those people know the snow, so they'll, they'll deal with it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Uh, who's handy Uh, and can fix the bus when it, when it breaks down? (laughs) Uh, we got rid of the bus cause it was too, too much of a headache. Now we have a Ford E350, uh, I think it could be a 15 passenger, but we, we took the back, took the back out. Yeah. For, for, for um, for all of, uh, you know, the amplifiers and the merch boxes and the drums. Um, but usually Jason's the handier one. He could do the tire probably really fast. Uh, he, he always insists on like checking the oil and making sure the oils change regularly. And okay. Yeah. He's like, very handy. Again, you guys are perhaps the most mature punk rock band um, I've I've ever spoken with. You you really have it together. So, and you know that may sound. I'm I'm trying not to be sarcastic. I get that it might sound sarcastic, but but it's not. Uh, so it's it's cool that you have this really level headed approach to what you're doing now. Um, so that brings up the question, what success? I want to talk about the record next, but as we mm-hmm. as we lead into this most recent record, how are you guys dealing with su- success? So you already said, okay, we don't want to be in the red when we get back from a tour, so that, so that makes sense. But also making $50,000 while you're out on tour probably isn't also going to happen, right? So, so how are you measuring what success is while you're trying to develop what the band is? Mm. Um, well, we've, the last three releases we've done, we've pressed it to vinyl and we've started our own record label, uh, Flower House Records. Flower House was the name of the house we all lived in. Oh, okay, cool. Where we, where we practiced. Right, right. And so the name of Jay's studio, where we record uh, we're just a really thorough DIY band. So what we care about is we will present everything we got. Like we'll bring our own records. Some of like our gear breaks, we fix that shit. Um, 
you know, we always have like great artist friends that help us with design work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really just success. Um, everything with, with me is like six months down the road. It's okay. like, we have, we have the record. We have these many pressings to go. Uh, we did a pre-order that was successful. Like we sold a bunch of those. Um, and it, it's like, it's just so exciting when you play a new town, there's a bunch of people there, they dig what you're doing. And right. it's even better when you come back and they're there also. Right. They're, they're, they're there for you. And I just care about the songs, like <laughs> people getting into the songs and getting into what we're trying to say as a band. And you can, you can have the best show of your life with five people there. Right. Like you really, <laughs> right, right on. Um, so when you came through Pittsburgh a couple of months ago, um, what you just said is true. So you had, I know that there were people like, Oh, on the cinder, I'm going to, I want to go to that show because they had seen you before, um, somewhere and they wanted to come back to the show. And I talked to three people that night who thought you guys were, were great. Right. So those are the, yeah, those are the little wins. Right. So it's not mm-hmm. Aerosmith or Billy Joel or whatever, right? But it's 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 a little win for a, a hardworking DIY punk rock band, right? Oops. Yeah, I mean, we're from Buffalo. There's no expectations <laughs> at all. Like, <laughs> you know, we love playing our hometown, Buffalo and Rochester, but it's like, you know, we, we just, we put what we are out there and just have a good time with it. Because uh, if, if you're not having a good time, no one's going to have a good right, time. Right. That's 100% true. Have you seen Keith Buckley around town? He is pretty active locally. Uh, he's like a DJ. Uh, he also has like a Twitch stream that is really picking up. Okay. Um, Every Time I Die always does their... Um, I forget what it's home for the holidays or something. They always do like this huge Christmas show. Um, they're, they're cool. They, they, they might have a little bit of influence on us. I feel Definitely. like they're the most successful, like pure Buffalo band. I know I, I can't think of another like bigger band off the top of my head, but. Uh, people like to throw Goo Goo Dolls out there, but yeah, I'm um, not, I'm not those people, Mike. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, every time I die, they're super fucking solid. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So let's talk about the record. You, you went into it with the idea that you were going to self-produce and you were going to self-press and release on Flower House, uh, and you were going to do everything yourself. Um, so how did you build up to that point where you felt like you were skilled enough to do that? Uh, well, Jay has been building his studio since I met him, um, you know, back in like 2012, 2013, he was, as the band was getting going, he was also starting to record, you know, individual like singer songwriters, rap artists, um, and bands. And like, he's just like put a ton of work into his studio and it was the pandemic. So it's like, we don't want to be cross-contaminating with a ton of people. Um, We we actually were in the middle of writing our next full-length record 
but we, we kind of hit a wall where it's like, well, these songs have been sitting and like, I haven't seen you guys in three or four months. And we were just like, let's, let's do something different. Let's, let's write something that's a little bit more of a story, a little bit more fluid. And, um, so we just got to work writing new songs with the intention of doing like a concept EP. Uh, it's no American idiot by any means, but I, it's, I was thinking uh, Coheed and Cambria, you're going like full proggy sci-fi story. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of, I mean, like I, I like, I like when albums, you know, tell sort of a cohesive, right. uh, well, at least relating story between their songs. Yeah. Um, and we definitely always try to be a little weird, try to give more space for dynamic changes within songs that a lot of punk rock bands has historically not cared to do, I guess, or yeah. not. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But um, yeah, so we wrote it, we recorded it. Um, we did shop it around a little bit and we ended up, making some cool connections for the future. Um, and actually AF records, they are going to be including this in their subscription service. Cool. Um, That's cool. So they, they ended up buying out over half of the first pressing. So uh, yeah, those are just gone. We'll just see where they end up. Yeah. That's maybe cool. In- that's really cool. How did you hook up with them? Um, so Long ago, uh, we were playing a bar in Erie, Pennsylvania, and a couple of Yinzers cornered us in uh, in the bar. They're in this band called Playoff Beard, yeah. who I think play once in a while yeah, still. Yeah, uh, a couple of Pittsburgh guys. Tim Little, um, he was their drummer. He he plays in a ton of bands still, um, but uh, he was like, "I want to put out." your record. So we did a seven inch with him and then we did a full length with him. Uh, that was through his little, uh, little record label called between the days records. I'm sure he's still got like a bunch of records out there that are probably around Pittsburgh shops. He's got a cool little logo on there. Um, but, uh, I think Tim was doing some work at AF with like packaging or like doing some like intern work with them. And he also plays in the, in a band with Chris Stowe, the label manager. Mm-hmm. Tele, telemarathons or tele night, night marathons. Night marathons. Yes. Yep. That's the band they're in together. So um, I think, through our just random emailing our press kit with the recordings. I think uh, Chris just was like, I remember this, this name, maybe from Tim little or like just us playing Pittsburgh constantly over the years. And uh, yeah, I don't know where those records are going to go, but if you're in the AF records, like monthly subscription club, right. Maybe. Actually. That's yeah, that's that's great. So again, I think it's a testament to to your approach, which I keep saying mature, but it it really is. Um, if if you're in a band, you have the expectation that someone's just going to discover you because you're playing some 
some bar in Idaho, it's probably not going to happen, right? It's really more about doing what you're doing, which is going out on the road, playing all these shows, meeting people, shaking hands, trying to get, you know, um, these connections made so that that once you do have product and people think it's cool, then then you'll get help. You know, that's the idea. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's how you and I got connected. I was a fan of your podcast before (laughs) I knew anything about the Richard move or who Paul Neal was. Uh, I heard your name and I was like, I thought of Paul O'Neill, the old outfielder for the Yankees (laughs) back in the day. But, um, but yeah, you have like, I'm a fan of this podcast. Like everything with Mark Tremalia is really interesting. Uh, he's like a rock, you know, God. And you've had like Mike Park of Asian man. And then you had an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, like, and I'm coming on. I'm just a dude in a band. Like from Buffalo. Um, yes. From Buffalo. <laughs> Most important thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. But but I, I thank you for all of those kinds of words. But but I you know, when when you contacted me and you came out and we did the show together and all of that, I immediately felt like, you know, these are good dudes who are just working it, you know. So so that feeling is is mutual. So as I've said before with people on this podcast, um as long as you're not an asshole, you know, people are going to want to help you. Right. So I, that's why I always don't understand why people go out of their way to be a dick to other people. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's egos or, uh, drug problems or what, but, um, like, you know, we're, we're definitely like a drinking band and we like to party yeah. and like, it doesn't really come through in our music so much, uh, aside from like the depressed, like aftermath, usually that makes it into songs, <laughs> but, um, like we just like to meet people and like hang out and be loud together. So, yeah, um, yeah. one last thing yeah. here before I let you go, um, as I understand it, uh, you're a stay at home dad. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. So, so what does a stay-at-home dad do? Do you, you get to practice your bass a lot? I know that you have like a small child and stuff, so I'm sure that that you're busy. Um, mm-hmm. But but what are you doing day to day? And do you get a lot of time to practice your bass or songwriter or whatever? Um. So, she's eight months now, and um, it's it's pretty time consuming. Like we we hang out. Uh, we're trying to do no screen time mm-hmm. for a while. So like no TV, no like tablet. Uh, I try to not be on my phone too much while we're hanging out. You know, it's a lot of, uh, play, you know, experimenting with food, changing diapers, but honestly, she's like my little like flower house records intern. Like she goes with <laughs> the post nearly every day. Like we've since the pre-orders got shipped and like we've had, more sales after the right. like record. Like we've just been running the post office doing media mail, um, which if people don't know shipping a record, the only way to do it is media through media mail. hundred percent. If you don't know about so media mail, you're doing it wrong. I agree a hundred percent. But otherwise like, you know, she takes long naps and at that, in those times I've always got like, tons of things to work out. Like 
we're already looking into a tour in January, going to Florida. So I've like started with the booking there. There's always like inventory stuff I got to keep up with. And I'm always like picking away at a song. Like I used to be all notebook with songwriting, but now I've got like a notes app and like, I, I just kind of like, mm, I like that line or like those kind of, those words play well together. So, um, so I'm always kind of writing a little bit. Right. But right. It's, oh, cool. Cool. Um, then one, one very last thing, what's the story with your, with your hair? Because it's not very punk rock. So there are, there are, <laughs> there are pictures of you with like, uh, like your hair's blonde or something or red on, on top. So like punk rock, you can go like full mohawk or you can go long hair or, but your hair is more like new wave post-punk, I would say. Okay. Um, I always, I always dye it. Um, and usually I do it just before a tour. Okay. So it's like, um, I am really low maintenance when it comes to like everything about my life. Like you know, <laughs> do short on the sides, little Captain America yeah. bunch yeah. hair on the top, funny color. Um, I don't have the time or the, the gumption to do a Mohawk. Uh, I, I don't know. I, that's one of those things where it's like with I, I love punk rock. I love like playing in a punk rock band, but I will, I will always try to like kind of play off um, or, or sort of write off some of those more like stereotypical. Right. The, the, the aesthetic. Like part have, of it. Yeah. 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 Like I have friends that, that are into it and they they want to have studs in their jacket and, you know, Liberty Spikes or whatever. And I can hang out with those guys or people. And like, I'll just wear like, you know, funny colored hair, button up shirt, whatever. You like, make it work, dude. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. You definitely make it work. Do a little button up shirt with funny, funny color, funny design. I don't want to just wear black. You know, that's right on. Well, that, that matches, uh, matches your, your personality. So, so it's definitely, it's definitely cool. Uh, I want to thank everyone who is listening. Please continue to do so. Please tell your friends. Uh, we have had, as Mike said, we had our Elvis impersonator, and we've had lots of other cool people like like Mike Jacobs from On the Cinder. I'll drop all of the links. You should go check out their stuff. You can you can order directly from them, and they'll get some of the money. Um, I was wearing my On the Cinder T-shirt uh, yesterday, so uh, I like I said, I'll drop all that stuff in. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Thanks to to Mike for taking the time out. And uh, maybe we'll catch up again after you in the summer after you guys have done all this stuff and, and see where you're at. For sure. We want to come back and see Yins. Yins. Is that Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But yeah, everything uh, everything from us is at on the And we're on all the streaming services. So uh yeah, we're out there. Right on, right on. All right, thanks, man. Be safe and uh, and have have fun on the tour coming up. Thanks for making my dream come true, Paul.